Hi, I'm James Schellinglaw, and I'm here with Jean-Luc Naret, who is the executive director of the SET Collection. Well, what's the SET Collection? It's a group of really high-end luxury hotels that has been mostly in Europe, but as you're going to find out, uh, they're making a, a, a move, and we're going to find out about that. And uh, I actually went to the SET Collection a few years back, and there were only three of them. Now there's Twice, more than twice of that, actually. And we're going to find out what's happening with the set collection and a whole lot more on Insider Travel Report. Now, Jean-Luc, first of all, how are you and where are you? Bonjour. Well, I am in Paris and I'm very well because it's a fashion week and it's a blue sky and lovely, lovely people around the streets of Paris. So happy to see that uh, business is back. That's fantastic. It's great that, that, that it is coming back to Europe and everything is opening up, thank goodness. Now, now tell us about the set collection. What's the history of the collection and what properties did it originally include? Well, the set collection is actually um, a beautiful story because it started with the set hotels. And the set hotel is a collection of four beautiful property owned by the Eki family. And they have, first of all, the Mamilia in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. the Conservatorium in Amsterdam, the Café Royal in London, and the incredible, beautiful Lutetia in Paris. So from those four properties, we used to be leading hotel of the world. They decided after the COVID to actually walk away from leading and trying to say, maybe we should represent ourselves in a different way and created what they call now the set collection, similar to what Dorchester has done with the Dorchester collection or what Erdker has done with the Erdker collection. And the entire idea of that was actually to say, we'll, we're going to create... Um, a way of promoting our properties and marketing and being all that, even being with the JDS, with the set collection and everything. So really just say, maybe we don't need to pay that huge amount of fee and to be with an association which doesn't represent us anymore. Now that's really what actually they did, similar to what Dorchester has done and similar to Utker has done. What yeah, was and, different? And, and I, did, I, did, I did go to a, a lunch when you first introduced it in the United States. It was a lovely lunch and I I got into my head. I would I would do the the three of the the collection, and I was going to do uh, one is the conservatorium, which is in Amsterdam. One is uh, uh, the the Cafe Royale, which is in London, and I was going to do Lutetia, which is undergoing massive re renovations. At that time, it wasn't ready, but we actually did cover it later, as we 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 spoke about earlier. And I've never I have not done the hotel in Israel, unfortunately. But it was a great collection. All the hotels are superb, uh, a superb service, and very different in in many ways. Exactly, you're right. They ill. Each of them are very different. Each of them's got what we call, you know, they try to be the iconic building of of uh, of the city. And what is interesting is, as an example, I mean, Cafe Royal. You know, the story of the Cafe Royal is right on Regent Street. You actually. Uh, turn right, you're in Seoul, and you could really have fun in the Seoul. You turn left, you're in Piccadilly, and you cross the street in St. James, and then straight into uh, Mayfair. So that's really a perfect location. In uh, in Paris, as an example, the Palace of the Lutetia, every road on the six arrondissements lead to the Lutetia. And the Lutetia is this iconic building facing Le Bon Marché. And it's the only palace of the left bank. As you know, all the other palaces are on the right bank. The Ritz, the Georges V, uh, the Crillon, and all of them are living on the other side of the river. So we are the only one on the left bank. Same, similar with the Conservatorium. You know, the hotel in Amsterdam, they tend to believe they have to be on the canal. No, we, we have our property. We used to be a conservatorium right across right. the Van Gogh Museum. 
and you're just a few minutes away to the canal, you're into the most fashionable street, you're just looking at the Van Gogh Museum, and that's really where you want to be in Amsterdam. So every of the hotel we have is, we, we call them the living room of the city. You go to Amsterdam, you will see Amsterdamers in the city, in, in, in the middle of the lobby, enjoying the coffee, the espresso, and everything to the coffee shop or going to Tycho. You go to Cafe it's very similar. And you go to Paris, at La Brasserie du Lutetia, you're going to hear French because uh, it's the local brasserie where the artists, the owners of the gallery, people around and the journalists and everyone come to La Brasserie. So that's really, we try to get a feel of the city in every single place we are. No, and they are amazing properties. And having experienced at least two of them, I can attest to what you're saying is that it really is a livable property, but very luxurious as well. And also great buildings, great locations. Uh, but earlier this year, you, you actually just made a major move. Uh, you, you announced you would be adding four new hotels, uh, basically in Hong Kong and China. Uh, can you tell us about that and uh, what those hotels yeah, are? Absolutely. Well, let me go back to the collection. So the collection when we started was really to say, we're going to develop our own properties. But after, you know, we, we look at it and we say, why are we not going to actually include more hotels? Why are we not going to use our tools, our marketing and everything else to include other properties? We are like us with the private owners. We actually sometimes are very happy with, with the brand they are associated with or they're really happy uh, being managing themselves. And sometimes they don't know how to market the properties and everything. So we've been very lucky to add four properties. So we doubled the size of the, of the group overnight by adding the four uh, properties from the House Collective. Right. The House Collective is a wonderful collection of hotels, similar to the one we have, which is owned by Swire, and actually have four properties. We have very sim a lot of similarities with us. The first one is the Upper House in, in Hong Kong, uh, which obviously is one of the beautiful properties in, in Hong Kong, and everybody who's been there. You know, it's not the peninsula again, it's not the, the regent, it's not what it used to be. This is a property which has really got a feeling in its sound that this is a landmark city where people go as well. You have the Templar House in Chengdu, which is a combined combination of the old and the new. Um, and that's really, the Chengdu is, you know, where the Templar House is, where the panda has, are. So this is a, the birth where all the pandas, mm -hmm. similar type of thing in terms of the bar, have a lot of similarity with the bar of the Josephine. You know, the restaurants are exactly the same. Numbers of rooms are exactly the same. It's quite funny because every hotel we have is between 80 to uh, 200 rooms maximum. And right. this is exactly what they have with them, about 120. We have the um, the upper house as well. And the uh, we talk about the opposite house and their, uh, the middle house. The middle house is in Shanghai, the opposite house is in Beijing. So each of them, actually add this uniqueness of property using actually the same designer, which is incredible mm -hmm. as we use in Amsterdam, Piero Lizotti, and we have the same in, uh, we read on the lobby as well of the Cafe Royal. So, so many similarities that we look at each other, we say we need to, to work together and we couldn't think uh, of a better match as our first four new hotel to join the collection than the house collective. And, and obviously, China is still closed at this point, but we're all hoping that at some point this year it'll open up. Uh, and certainly, I, I hear that the Chinese themselves are occupying the rooms uh, quite a lot lately. They're, they're using their own hotels until some of, some of the uh, Western audience, Europeans and Americans get back there, right? Absolutely. The occupancy, we had a, we had a Zoom conference with all the GMs recently. And amazing how the the occupancy in China is because obviously the Chinese people that cannot travel anymore outside, we cannot go to China. So it's really used 
exactly from the local want to come and, 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 and really organize some tourist trip for themselves in either in Hong Kong, Shanghai, Pekin, or Chengdu. So yes, they're working quite well. What is interesting is with our four hotels in Europe, Europe and, and, um, and Israel, and our four hotels in, in um, China, the connection is going to be incredible because we're going to expose their clients to our property. We're going to expose our clients to their property. And it's a perfect combination and perfect marriage as soon as the and uh, wanted to do the uh, official launching in uh, in Hong and the team was like, okay, Jean-Luc, you can come with pleasure if you don't mind being 21 days in a government hotel in your hotel room before doing the announcement. Well, so I'm sure okay, with, with, with those, hotels, <laughs> those hotels, maybe you don't mind. Huh? <laughs> no, but it's not in one of the hotels, obviously. It was one of the government hotels. It was oh, okay, no, okay, okay, you can't get that deal. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I was very happy to stay in, in any of the house collective and I would love to. But we're definitely going to do that very, very soon. And that's the first full one of a new uh, part because the entire collection will try to add, you know, well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to curate a collection of the best hotel around the world. Right. And when we said the best hotel, it doesn't mean the most luxurious. It means the same, you know, we're owned by owner who really invest in the property. And, you know, the uh, family Akira, they spend a fortune here at La Lutetia to renovate with Jean-Michel Vinmot to make the hotel for, during three years as it was in, at the, when it was created. They went to the original archive of looking at it, how it was to make sure it was going to restore the grandeur. The same with Café Royal. Conservatorium was the conservatory of music in the middle of Amsterdam, which they turned with this incredible architect into a property now, which is like a landmark in, in the place. So that's why we're looking. We're looking for hoteliers or owners of hotel who actually, they don't want to get a name on the door. They don't want to be run by another company. They're, they're very proud of the hotel they have, but sometimes they need some help in the marketing and distribution. That's exactly what we're going to do. A bit similar to you know, what Prefer, you know, Relais Chateau or Leading is doing, but the only difference is we want one hotel per city, one hotel per destination, so there won't be any competition inside the same city. Right. And we want to make sure that we select every time. And I love to call myself, you know, the chief curator officer, uh, so I'm trying to select and unpick the property who want to come and join us. We've been very lucky to have the four uh, first member being uh, our collective and with this own property. We're going to have some more at the end of the year, maybe 20 to 30. And in the next three years, we might have 200 hotels. That's, no, that's, that's amazing. So you, you, have, you have sort of big growth plans, but you do have to stick to just one hotel per city. Uh, and I assume this is global. You're, you're going to look at uh, hotels. Obviously, you've just gone to Asia. Uh, I assume you might we're going to go to the US, we're going to South America, we're going to go to even to, uh, you know, places we, we're not going to stick with only uh, uh, city hotels, we're obviously going to be as well with obviously a resort as well, because mm -hmm. what we want is we want the client when he's going to take the book, and I'm saying the book because it's not going to be a directory, the beautiful book, uh, coffee table book, which will be like an uh, Asuline or Tashem, you will flip through the page of the collection of the hotel, and you want to say, oh, I love that one. Why are we darling? Why are we not going to go to this one? Uh, you know, next time when we're going to go to the city, because there will be a lot of similarity in terms of design, a lot of similarity in terms of size, a lot of similarity in terms of rates as well. That's very important because you know you you could have in some, and I'm not going to name them, but in some of other hotel company, you have some hotel which are 200 euros average rates, and some other were 2,000 euros average rates. Sure. So what's uh, you know? People don't feel really what, what's the sense of a collection. The sense of the set collection will be exactly what we say, a curated list of the best hotel room in the world.
No, that's fantastic. And so now you're covering uh, a lot of places in Europe, although you still have some more to go. Uh, and you have yes. a lot of place, a lot of places in Hong Kong and China as well. So that's a, a pretty good place to start. Exactly, a good way to begin this uh, this collection. Now, uh, you, can you give us an update uh, on your original? I say three hotels. You had I, I always forget the one in in uh, in Israel, but uh, the the ones that I know. Can you give us an update on Hotel Cafe Royal, Leticia, and the Conservatorium, uh, or especially over the last uh, obviously years of pandemic here for two years, have they done any renovations? Have they uh, keep working on what they're doing? I know most of them were brand, you know, newly renovated within the last five years. Exactly, I mean, they were really, that's exactly what happened here at the Lutetia. This hotel was closed, you know, for, uh, it was supposed to be three years and it became mostly five years with Jean-Michel Bimot, the architect, really redesigned and the help of the owner and they, they find incredible archives in the back. We find some incredible uh, masterpiece behind the wall uh, in terms of, you know, so it, it, it took a lot of time to re, uh, restore what it is. And the Bar Josephine, as an example, is just a, an incredible bar looking straight into Le Bon Marché on the street. We actually got the natural light and the entire area of Jean-Michel Villemot was to bring the light into the hotel. So you have the light coming from uh, many gardens, many places and everything, and in, inside this incredible iconic building. It's the same with, uh, you know, Café Royal. Café Royal, they used to, you know, during the pandemic, they decided to change the restaurant was in the middle of the lobby before. So we right. really created a lobby. We put the restaurant on top. We're actually creating a second restaurant with this uh, wonderful uh, place now. We're going to be uh, telling in a, few, in a few weeks, a big name chef is going to take over the space we have on the first floor. Oh, we wow. have this wonderful, uh, beautiful restaurant at the bottom. We used to be, you know, uh, uh, so famous for all the stars going there. We, we serve the tea now, we're going to change a lot of things. And of course, Cakes and Babble, which is the one on Regent Street with Albert Adria, you know, the brother of Ferran Adria. Sure. It's uh, one of his kind and it is really a, a booming place as well in, in Café Royal. Conservatorium, there's no need to say. I mean, the property itself is just like superb. You want to sit in the lobby and you want to look at the glass and the beautiful uh, staircase going and the connection between the building. And uh, this is a place where you want to be in Amsterdam. And every single room, you know, is a duplex or it's got this incredible view of the city. And you got this restaurant called Taiko, which is, it was so famous that even people in Dubai wanted to have a Taiko. So yeah. we are Shiloh, our director of food and beverage and our chef who actually created one in Dubai as well. It's uh, in, in one of the hotels there. So it's interesting that we have all that. And Mamiya, uh, to be honest with you, I never been. So I'm gonna no. go for the first time next week uh, because I couldn't go there before, but I, I look I look at it, it's just incredible. It's just, you know, close to Jerusalem, right there in the middle of Mamila Avenue. And they have this wonderful property, which is very similar in terms of design as well, that the other property and uh, same designer again, and really an amazing place for, with a rooftop overlooking the old city of Jerusalem. So that's definitely an hotel, which is very, very well known and very recognized as, as the leader in this region as well. Yeah, well, and then hopefully you'll get a chance uh, very soon uh, to go to China and Hong Kong and uh, see, hopefully see by the end other, of, by the other end parts of the collection, we, we, right? We cross fingers, we cross fingers, hope at the end of April. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the place where you have tea in the Royal Cafe, which I have been to, which is actually extraordinary. It's very different from the rest of the hotel. The rest of the hotel, even though it's in a classic building, is very modern and really, really cool and very... Uh, I, I, the rooms were amazing, and uh, but then you could go have a classic tea down in this very ornate uh, room that is just a, yeah. a, such a classic place to to have 
afternoon tea in London. It's, it's, it's one of the best places I think in London to have tea. And that's saying a lot because there are an awful lot of places yeah. you can have tea in London. So uh, I, remember right. doing, I remember that doing that a few years back. Uh, now, Ed, I, you mentioned, we talked a little bit about how you're planning to expand and obviously in more in Asia, more in the US someday, uh, soon, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully. Then, and, and the Middle East, of course, as always, you, you know, you don't have a Dubai property yet, yet but hopefully someday. Um, now, what's your background? What, what, and when did you join the set collection? Okay, well, I joined the set collection about six months ago now. And uh, the entire purpose of that was actually having a meeting with the owners, who actually, which I knew from a long time, and uh, asked my advice on a couple of other uh, things. I, I created my own uh, consultant firm at the time. And they wanted me to say, what do you think about the set collection? What do you think of the idea? That we put into the you know in terms of the COVID, and I said, well, that's wonderful. You have a wonderful you know already collection of hotel, but why you don't open like everybody else is doing their own thing for themselves? Why you don't share? Sharing is caring. Right. And I think sharing is caring and making sure the set collection is not only for the hotel of the set, but could be actually accessible to other properties. And that's how we started. And I'm very happy to join that company and to be, as I say. Um, executive director, chief curator officer, whatever. But I mean, leading this company into the future, into where we were going to be. And I think it's going to be very successful because I see more and more hoteliers do not recognize themselves or recognize the added value of the company they are associated with. And they really, like us, like many others, decided to go and say, maybe we're going to create our own. But I think it's better if we all join our forces together and we create what's going to be the next force in this industry, which is going to be the set. Prior to this, right. uh, I was the CEO of La Reserve. Um, you know, we no need to mention, but La Reserve in Paris was rated the best yes, hotel in Paris in, well in Europe and well. the world. And uh, so I was, I was taking care of the entire group. Uh, prior to that, I was in the Maldives with one and only, many, many years with one and only. I managed hotels, you know, in one and only Mauritius. I opened the one in the Bahamas. I opened the one in the Maldives as well. So I've done quite a few on that. And prior to that, for 10 years, um, that's where I put my little overweight. Um, I, I was actually for 10 years the CEO of the Michelin Guide. So oh. I'm the one who took the, the Michelin Guide as being a francophile center guide into what it is now, which is about 28 guides around the world. I brought the Michelin to the US. I brought the Michelin to Asia. I brought the Michelin Guide to all the destinations we, we, we talk about it now. And we're actually trying to change a bit the philosophy. You know, we were people were believing that we're a publishing industry. Right. I always believe that we are a rating industry. So we rate restaurant and hotel, and we actually been able to now, you know, I, I put the name uh, Michelin outside on the door. We put the stars on the on the jacket of the chef. I mean, we don't things a bit different uh, when I took over in 2003 until 2011. So I was really uh, 10, uh, 12 actually. And it was really nice because I really expanded. I eat, at that time, I was paid to eat in the best restaurant in the world, <laughs> staying in the best hotel. And being interviewed by the top journalist like today, so very hey, lucky. There you go. But you were you were also the one that all the restaurants and the hotels worried about because they would win a star or a knife and fork or whatever. Uh, and and it was you know my my parents used to religiously read the the red guide and the green guides. So that would exactly. be their their way to get to Europe for many years. And now of course I'm sure everything's online, but it's uh it's a different if it's a different thing but it still is the standard michelin i'm sure but so obviously you know your hotels and you know your restaurants yeah i've been lucky to travel around the world you know at that time i was literally literally 
uh, away every single week to a new country. And uh, I was coming back on the weekend. So I think I was one of the biggest clients of Air France because I was only using Air France, going to, you know, leaving on Monday morning to go to LA, coming back on Saturday morning and going on Sunday to New York, coming back on the weekend, going to Tokyo. So I was really... Um, and at the same time, as you say, people were afraid. I was a big face of the company. So people could see, recognize, see, see me in the restaurant. But I keep telling them, I'm not an inspector. I only came to your <laughs> restaurant because we're going to talk about it. So obviously, I was, I was uh, very well looked after, as you can imagine. Sometimes the chef was a little bit shaking and the food was not as great as it is. That's the reason I never wanted to write a report. Right. Because the inspector of the Michelin Guide are totally anonymous. And they're the one who go and really eat the restaurant like any other standard guest the only difference is they eat in a restaurant to live and that's what they know and that's the reason they could actually measure the restaurant against the others absolutely well now now your job is going to take you around the world to uh, sort of measure your own uh, set collection hotels right exactly and that's what i've been starting already my calendar is exactly based on the one i use you know i use an excel sheet we're starting for the first of january to the 31st of december it's color coded and i put the week where i am which country uh, mm -hmm. And I, I actually print a picture of that uh, on the fridge for my wife knows where I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. That's great. Now we we go out to a hundred thousand travel advisors, uh, a large number of whom uh, sell luxury hotels. Uh, what more do you want to tell them about the set collection today, and how can they better sell the hotels in in the group? Well, first of all, I mean they have to go and have a look at the set collection. We're using our own GDS as well, so it's a uh, uh, is very interesting but what is interesting is a look on the website they will see the properties we have um what is interesting on that as well is the travel agent we must found that you know we, we're putting a lot of things together we're putting a, a, a sweet program as an example where you know if you're standing in one of the property with us and you're spending quite a good amount of money in a suite we what we do is at the end the general manager is in the lobby uh giving you uh, one night complimentary to another suite in another property so we could encourage you to go and visit as well. I mean, that's the sort of thing we're doing. And you know, the travel agent we understand we virtuoso as well. So they have all the you know the thing with signature and all the other uh, properties. But what they have with the set collection is a collection of hotels which are owned by hoteliers, right. who are actually dedicated to the guests, and which really they know that it's unique. And uh, we try to reveal the uniqueness of the property with the uniqueness of the location and the mm -hmm. uniqueness of the city. I think that's really what it is. So when they really want, you know, the guests to know that they, it's gonna be, they could choose any other company, you know, from Hilton to uh, to uh, Four Seasons to any any company that know exactly what they get. With a set collection, it's a collection of unique hotel. So if they want a uniqueness and they want to make sure that the clients will have the perfect stay as a local in an hotel, which have the five-star uh, standard, but actually will meet with the local at the bar at the right. restaurant and everything, you will emerge yourself into the city. Now that's fantastic. And I, from my experience, when you first, uh, you know, when the set collection first launched and, and I did have that goal, at least of having the four, the three properties in Europe, I fell one short, but we did end up covering it uh, later. Actually, my son who works for me uh, on occasion ended up going to Lutetia and uh, really enjoyed it. I loved the conservatorium and uh, I absolutely loved uh, uh, the, the Cafe Royale. So they're amazing properties and it sounds like you, they're even gonna be more amazing very soon. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on uh, joining the set collection. 
uh, and bringing to bear all your Michelin skills uh, that, that you had in that. Uh, now, again, just to remind our travel advisors, uh, where can they go again to find out more about the set collection? They're just going to www.thesetcollection.com. That's fantastic. Well, Jean-Luc, uh, I hope I catch up with you one of these days in Europe. Uh, I'd, I'd love to meet again and uh, we can talk hotels some more. It's, it sounds like we have a lot to talk about uh, in the industry. And uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today on Insider Travel Report. And uh, go out there, get, get to Asia and go find those, those hotels and then go find some more that'll be part of that collection. Thank you very much. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.